Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. so far. Good way to follow up a wonderful Easter Sunday last week to celebrate baptisms and the Lord's Supper this week. Two ordinances of the church. It just so happened that we're going to be talking about baptism this morning. It's funny how the Holy Spirit uh, works these things out. Um, By the way, uh, earlier, I guess it was back in the fall, we set a goal for the, the year We said as a church, we really wanted to baptize 25 people within the next year. Good goal, but as of today, we're up to 21 of that 25. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. Turn for just a minute. I know everybody's excited to see everyone. Turn just just a moment and say hello to your neighbor. Tell them you're glad to see them here this morning. Morning, Joe. (laughs) Great to see everyone this morning. So two weeks ago, we left off in the book of Acts, and Pastor Derek preached a wonderful message about um, Stephen, the first martyr in the early church. And if you remember, Stephen was one of the first seven deacons that was chosen to serve. And out of that group of seven, we only really see two of those guys doing anything of significance in the rest of Scripture. Now, they may have, but we only have accounts of two of them actually doing anything wonderful. One of those was Stephen, who gave his life for his faith in Christ. The other one was a man we'll talk about this morning by the name of Philip in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 38. And so following the death of Stephen, the church was scattered due to widespread persecution, a lot of which was led by this man by the name of Saul who would drag people out of their homes, have them thrown in prison for their Christian faith. And while this persecution, I'm sure, was, was painful, it was probably scary for the church, it served the purpose to get the church out of Jerusalem and into Judea and into Samaria, which is exactly what the Lord Jesus said. And I think the lesson for us in that is if God tells you to go somewhere, or God tells you to move or do something, you may just want to do it God's way instead of having to do it through some difficult circumstances that will surely come your way. So Philip goes to Samaria and begins to preach the gospel with really great success. And then something really cool happens to Philip. He has a really cool God moment in Acts chapter 8. Let's read this together, starting with verse 26. It says, An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, Get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. And so he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch and high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. The spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. 
And when Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone guides me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the scripture passage he was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before its shearers, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about himself or someone else? And Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Isn't that an awesome story? This is probably one of my favorite stories from the, old, from the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts. I love unexpected opportunities to lead someone to Christ and unexpected opportunities to baptize someone. Those do happen too. That happened this morning. I didn't realize that Chris was going to show up this morning to follow that decision to trust Christ, excuse me, and to be baptized. How awesome. Chris, we're proud of you, and thank you for being here this morning. Moments like this, though, what we've got to understand, they're all part of God's plan. God has all of this worked out, and we talked a little bit about this before, but the first thing we realize in this scripture, and that's the reality of God's foreknowledge. It's part of God's divine plan of salvation that we've talked about. He sends his angel to command Philip to go down the desert road. And it's kind of a strange command, but Philip is obedient. He, he doesn't hesitate. He trusted God. He trusted God's plan. And in his foreknowledge, in his omniscience, as we say, God knew everything there was to know about this lost Ethiopian eunuch. He knew his position in his native country. God knew the influence that he could have with his fellow countrymen. God knew the deep longings of this man's heart. He knew exactly where he was on this road. And he knew exactly what it was that he was reading at this exact moment in time. And he knew that Philip was just the right man to go and to share the gospel of Jesus with him. I wish we'd be a little more like Philip in that regard. That we would allow God to use us as just a willing vessel. Whenever God calls us, if it is just to go and speak to someone in that moment, just allow God to use us in such a way that perhaps we could reach somebody with the gospel of Christ. But more than that, each of us is also like this Ethiopian eunuch. We've got a whole lot of life experiences. Life has dealt all of us a little bit of a different hand. Uh, in his position, this man was probably given opportunities to see incredible things, to travel, to uh, meet incredible and even powerful people. And all of us, likewise, have a different life story. We're on a different path with all these different experiences. But the thing is, God in his divine sovereignty, he weaves all of this together. And he brings each and every one of us to a certain very specific point in life where we're given an opportunity to trust Jesus or not. And just the right time for a lot of us, God intervenes into our life. Sometimes it's a mess. And one day we just, something happens. And it's different for a lot of us, but we find ourselves in this situation where it's God is right before us and we have the opportunity to say yes 
or to say no. Sometimes it's through circumstance. Sometimes it's through sending a Philip our way to, to share the truth with us. Sometimes it's just walking through these back doors of this church at just the right time when we're ready. Is that right, Joe? All right. That's what happened to Joe a few weeks ago, guys. I'll share a little bit of his story for those of y'all that don't know, but Joe had kind of reached a hard place in life, really hit rock bottom in a sense. And Joe had found himself walking halfway across our state trying to get back home, and he happened to, to go the wrong way. He went south when he should have went north about 30 miles, and that brought him to Barberville. And not only that, but he found himself walking past these doors back here on a Sunday morning. And he felt the urge to come in, but he didn't. Later that same day, he walked by these same doors. This time, as he said, the urge to come through the doors was simply irresistible. He didn't know why, but he knew he needed to come in here. And that night, Joe left here a changed man, saved and on his way to heaven. You see, sometimes God just intervenes like this. And Joe probably thought he went the wrong way, but sometimes the wrong way brings us to the exact place that we need to be, right? God is so much at work and in control and His plans are good because God is good and it's not something to be afraid of, that God's in control. It's something to find peace in and hope and encouragement in. As the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8, he says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. And he says, For those He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. And what I want you to realize this morning is that God may be orchestrating the events of your life today. Maybe you've tried everything else. You've tried to do it your way, but guess what? Your way doesn't work. And whatever the case is, this morning, you understand God brought you through those doors for a reason, or God has you on your computer screen watching this service for a reason this morning. And today you simply need to submit to Him. Here's why. Notice the second thing we find in this passage, verses 32 through 35. That's the realization of Jesus' fulfillment. And so Philip comes upon this man. He's reading from the prophet Isaiah. He admits he doesn't understand what he's reading. He doesn't know who it's about or what it's about. He doesn't realize that this passage of Scripture is specifically talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and the suffering that he would endure years later on the cross after Isaiah wrote these words down in Isaiah 53. And undoubtedly, he probably read verses just like verse 5 of that chapter that says this, But he was pierced because of our rebellion. He was crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him and were healed by his wounds. When I read this passage of scripture about this Ethiopian, I can't help but feel that he was moved by what happened to the person in this passage of scripture in Isaiah. And Philip begins to explain to them that this was no ordinary man that suffered. This was God's only son, not just a servant of God. This was God's only begotten son sent to this earth to bleed and to suffer and to die for our sins so that we could have everlasting life. And that realization began to set in that Jesus had fulfilled this prophecy and many, many others. That Jesus had fulfilled the law, that he had paid the penalty for our sins. And like Philip, I think he probably, probably retraced the brutalities of the cross with this man. He probably talked about Jesus' death, probably talked about Jesus being raised back to life. 
He probably talked about Jesus' ascension, how the Spirit had come on the day of Pentecost. And he shared from personal experience, I'm sure, about how his life had changed after coming to know Jesus. This realization, I think, changed this Ethiopian's life fairly quickly. One of my favorite testimonies comes from a man by the name of Josh McDowell. Josh McDowell had a a difficult life. He had an abusive father who was a drunk. Uh, He was poor, and he made it his life's goal to disprove the Bible and to discredit Christianity. So as he graduated high school, he left and he traveled the United States, traveled Europe, gathering data, doing research, trying to prove that you could not trust the Bible and that Jesus was just any ordinary man. And what happened was the more that he dug into the facts, the more he realized it's all true. He began to realize that the existence of Jesus historically was true. He realized that his death and his, even his resurrection was true. He realized that the Bible and its reliability was true. And so one day Josh surrendered his life to Christ and his, his life just drastically changed. He had all of this anger and bitterness and hatred. And a few months after that, he, he suffered a terrible car accident that put him on his back. And lo and behold, guess who shows up to visit him? That drunk, abusive father that he thought about killing at one point in his life. Josh said this particular day, the man was sober. And he comes in and he, he begins to talk to him. And Josh says, Dad, six months ago I hated you. I despised you. I wanted you dead. He said, but I've placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And he said, I've received God's forgiveness. He's changed my life. He says, Dad, I can't explain it all. But God has taken away my hatred for you and he's replaced it with love. And the old man, after talking with him, he said, Son, if God can do in my life what he did in yours, I just want to give him the opportunity. So his dad got saved too. And and the point is this. Jesus is who the Bible says that he is. He can change any life. There, There are no throwaway people. There are no people that are too far gone. There are no people that are too broken that Christ can't save them and change them. He did in fact come to this world, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life. He bled and died and suffered on the cross. He was raised from the grave. He ascended into heaven and he's coming back. All of that is true. And because of that, we got to consider this final point. This is awesome. Verses 36 through 38. The response of man's faith. Luke here in Acts tells us that as they were traveling, they came to water. And the Ethiopian asked Philip, I love how simple this is. He says, what should keep me from being baptized? And verse 37 is sometimes left out of certain translations, certain manuscripts. But it tells us the Ethiopian made this beautiful profession of faith saying, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And upon that profession of faith... Philip stopped what they were doing and he baptized him right there on the spot. I think that's the question we should be asking ourselves this morning, though. What should keep me from being baptized? What should keep me from Jesus? What's stopping me? It could be a whole host of things, if we're honest. It could be pride. It could be guilt. 
could be shame. It could be fear to take that next step. It could be the fear that, that somebody may say or think something different about us. It could be the fear that your life may actually change when you give it over to Jesus. Whatever the case is, though, I think like the Ethiopian, it's very simple. You may not have all the answers. You may have some fears and you may have some doubts. But like this man, if you just believe, there's nothing that should stop you. This morning, if you're here and you need to take that step of obedience, I want you to understand there is nothing. There is nothing in this world that is worth keeping you from Jesus. I can promise you that. You're staying together and let's pray. Father, this morning, such an encouraging day, Lord, to see Christians, new believers, take that first step of obedience. And God, it seems so simple, but yet many of us are so afraid to take that step. We're afraid of what might happen if we truly give our lives over to you. And God, maybe there's someone here this morning, they believe that you're real. They believe that you bled and died for them, that you took away their sins on the cross. They've made you their Savior, but maybe there's someone here that's never made you their Lord. They've not given their life to you. They've not made you the king of their heart. God, maybe there's someone here this morning that needs to be saved. Father, I pray that your Spirit would guide us, that you would orchestrate all the events of our lives to come together in this moment, in this decision. Someone would make a choice today, Lord. Maybe it's to be saved. Maybe it's to recommit their life to you. Maybe it's to take that first step of obedience and be baptized. Lord, whatever the case, I pray that you would move here this morning. You would stir our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, as we sing a song of invitation, if there's a decision that you need to make, I encourage you to come and let's pray together. If you need to come and pray for somebody else this morning, why don't you do that as we sing? Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.